Brian's going back here to check on her, let us know before we get started. So that'll be good. I think that was an appropriate song. <laughs> God has his ways, does he not? Uh, let's see. Jerry Schmidt, pray first. But please. So she's gonna be okay. Yes, amen. All right, very good. I don't believe I don't believe uh, things happen as a coincidence. Uh, I, I believe that uh, uh, things happen and God allows things to happen. I believe that uh, we have an enemy that's alive and well out there. I believe we have an enemy that does not want this message preached. I believe that. I, I felt that all week. Um, so, uh, by saying that, we will uh, rebuke, rebuke the enemy. We are here. We have come to praise the Lord. Uh, he will not defeat us in this service. Uh, his hand is upon Carol. He is with Carol and that family. Uh, she's going to be okay. And like I prayed, something good will come out of it. Okay? So, Focus. The title of the message, are you a popcorn or a kernel? What in the world? And if I think if you would look up kernel in your Bible in the concordance, you probably won't find anything. <laughs> but that's a question. Are you a popcorn or are you a kernel? We'll be in Mark 4 if you want to turn there. Um, it's kind of amazing sometimes how how God brings uh, uh, messages to my mind, I guess you might say, as I, as I pray through about uh, what message he's already written for me this Sunday. I mean, that's always my approach. Uh, Father, what message have you already written that you're going to give me? And it's just sometimes just kind of funny how things come to your mind and and you hear something, and bang, that's, uh, and you believe that's where God wants you to go. And, and, and I think that's the, the message today. Um, um, I was, we were popping popcorn the other day, <laughs> okay? And you know, it's in the sack, and you open it up, and you put it in the microwave, and you, you set it in there, and set the timer, and, and you know exactly what's going to happen, don't you? Pop, 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 pop. And then it slows down, and it, when it stops, you, what do you do? You, you, you open up the, lid, the sack there, and you, and you pour it into, uh, into the bowl there, and, and, and you've got popcorn, good stuff. But you also have at the bottom of that bowl, what? All those kernels that have not been popped. 
And I don't know about you, but there are times I wonder, why don't those kernels pop? I mean, they're, they're in the same bag, are they not? They're heated for the same amount of time. They, are, they look just like the ones that have popped, and yet they don't pop. And I, and I never have understood that. And, and, you know, you eat your popcorn and you go on down the road and then what's left are these little kernels there. And what do you do with them? You just dump them in the trash can because they're no good anymore. They're not going to, you can't repop them. They didn't pop the first time. And you just dump them in the, in the trash can and there they go and they're hauled off as, as trash. And for some reason I got to thinking about that. And, you know, I, I think... Sometimes people are just like that. Sometimes people are popcorn, and some people are just kernels. And I think many people, good people, church people, people that, uh, that you know, people that, that will come and sit in big congregations, people that come and sit in little congregations, and they hear, they hear the same message. They, they come to the same church. They hear the same songs. But they've never been popped. They have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. Even though they, they hear the same message that we all hear. Sing the same songs. Sing the same praises. And yet some, some folks in here are popcorn because they've accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. And some are just the kernels who have never accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. And, and you and I both know that if you're a kernel in the spiritual world of our Lord and you never get popped, you will be separated forever and ever from a holy God. And the question of the day, are you a popcorn or are you a kernel? Have you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior? In Matthew 7, we, we, we know of this, this story, this parable that Jesus taught. And, 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 we, and he's talking to some folks, and, and, and you remember what he said? He, he, they go, you know, didn't we, uh, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we prophesy in your name, Jesus? Didn't we cast out demons, Jesus? Did we not perform miracles Jesus did we not part of this church and this organization did we not do that and what does Jesus say depart from me for I never knew you you see those folks even though they were doing religious kinds of things they were still kernels and not the popcorn they still had not accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior so today we're going to look at uh, four different kinds of people uh, four different responses to the gospel. And, and how we're going to do that, we're going to look at a parable from, from Mark 4. And it is the parable of the sower or the parable of the soil. And, and I think you know this parable. I think you do. We've, we've talked about it maybe before, many years ago. But I think we're going to try to relate it to the fact that not everybody who claims to be born again is born again. And as we look at these four soils, uh, I hope and pray that you will examine yourself 
to see which soil you fall under. And he's teaching this as parable form, and, and we know what a parable is. It is a, a earthly situation with a heavenly answer to that. So that's where we're going to go today, and that's where we're at in Mark 4, if you would. Hopefully we'll get there. Uh, in Mark 4, verse 1 and verse 2 talks about the beginning of Jesus teaching this parable. Uh, the Bible says that, he, that, he, that a huge crowd had gathered around him. And, and, and I think in order for him to be heard and to be seen, the Bible says he got in a boat and kind of went out a little ways from the shore and the, and the crowd was all around him here and, and, and he, could, he could speak loud enough. And, and, and I think what he was doing as he got out there just so far and they could, they could, they could be able to hear him, I think he might have looked up and, and across the shore over there up on a hillside. I just think he, he probably saw a farmer out there. And this farmer was sowing his seed and trying to get his crop growing. And, 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 and he saw some of the birds that would come and, and try to snatch the seed from that he had set down there. And, and, he, and he saw that and, and, he, and he got his mind, mind to thinking. Because you see, when Jesus would come and Jesus had a crowd, he knew who was in the crowd. He knew what their heart was. He knew what their mind was. He knew that if they were a believer, if not... And as he looked at them and saw this farmer and the seed and the birds, it just, I think it just dawned on him. You know, there are people out there that, that are believers, that think they're believers. And he said, I'm going to tell them this parable, and I want them to hear this parable. And, and I want them to think very strongly about this parable. Because I think this parable in the four soils will tell us, will relate to us who you are as a believer. Because there are people, I believe, in this auditorium right now will fall under every one of these soils. So I hope and pray that you will examine yourself and pay attention to the message. Well, let's go. What about these soils that we talked about? What do the four soils look like? If you look at verse 4, if you look at verse 4, it tells you the first soil. In verse 4 it says, And as he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road, and the birds came and ate it up. That is the hardened soil, the hard soil of a person's heart. It has been unplowed. It has been packed down. It is that soil for some of you farmers that, that as you plow your fields, uh, it is those areas where maybe you can't quite get to the, with the plow. You have to make those turns like that, and those edges of, the, of your lot don't, really don't get plowed. It could be that. It could be the, the walkway up next to your property line that people walk. But you understand that the, the hardened soil, it is packed down. It hadn't had any rain. And, and, and it is just very, very hard. And that's the hardened soil. The second soil that we'll see is verse 5 and 6. He said, another uh, seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up, and because it had no depth of soil, and after the sun had risen, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. This is the rocky soil. It is, if you would, it was a, a soil that had a very slight uh, dusting of, of ground on it, but underneath it, it was just rock hard. Uh, 
uh, dry and hot and, and just a, a small filter of, of, gra- of dirt on it. And when the seed would fall on that land, uh, it would, could not take root. It could not get into the hardness of the rock. And it says that, that when the things come, the sun would scorch it and kill, and kill that seed. We have the hardened seed. We have the stony or the, or the rock-hard ground. In verse 7, we see the thorny soil. Other seed fell among the thorns or the weeds, and the thorns came up and choked it. Um, this, is land, this is land that's been plowed. It is usable. The seed fell on it. And as the seed began to grow, the weeds grew faster. <laughs> okay? I mean, that doesn't it seem like it. Every time you have a garden, what grows first is, is the weeds and the thorns. That's what grows. And, and this kind of soil, when the seed began to germinate and try to send roots down into the ground, the, the, the weeds and the thorns would just choke it out and kill the, and kill the good seed and where no fruit would, would be able to, able to grow. And then we see the last kind of, of soil. That's verse 8. And it says, Seed fell from the good soil, and it grew up and increased. They yielded a crop, produced 30, 60, and a hundredfold. The good soil. And we all want good soil in our gardens, do we not? And they, they planted the seeds. The seeds germinated. The seeds were able to take growth, and the seeds were able to produce and to come up and to be fruitful. And we have this huge, gorgeous plant because the ground was ready for it, or ground was accepting it, and it produced a fruit of 30, 60 for 100% of the time. That is the good soil. And then in that next verse, Jesus says this in verse 9. And he was saying, who has, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. See, he's preaching to this group of people that had hearts with every one of these kind of soils. And in Luke it says he cried out, which means he shouted this. And he says, I want you to hear this, people. This is important what I'm fixing to tell you. This is eternally important what I'm fixing to tell you. I want you to hear. I want you to listen to what I'm saying. I want you to understand what I'm saying. I want you to examine yourself, people. Jesus would be saying this is so important because what he is going to tell those people on that on that shoreline was this is what what you are and this is how you will spend eternity someday where is your heart is your heart hardened is it rocky is it thorny or is it good soil are you going to accept Jesus would say the gospel that I'm fixing to tell you and, and I guess I wanted to say the same thing to you today. I want to cry out to you and say this message is important, not because I wrote it, but because the gospel message is important. Because what you deal with the gospel is how you will spend eternity. And if you're in the first three soils, if that is you, who you are, and I hope that you examine yourself to see if you are, then you need Jesus today if you're in the first three soils. Because you're producing no fruit. So let's look at this response, if you would, uh, and how Jesus talks about it and the importance of this. In verse 12, Jesus says this. He just knows what he's doing. Unbelievable. He says, why? And he's talking about these folks. He says, So while seeing they may see and not perceive, and while hearing they may hear 
and not understand. Otherwise, they might return and be forgiven. He was telling the disciples, sometimes people see, but they don't really see. <laughs> sometimes people hear, but they don't understand what they're hearing. And that's what he was talking about these folks as they listened to him. You see, you see a true believer of Christ. They hear the words, and they hear the message. There's a difference. They hear the words that he was speaking, and they also hear the message that he's trying to tell them. He says, I want you to think about it, believer. Meditate on it. Think about, ponder it, chew on what I'm fixing to tell you. And a true believer will do that, and a true believer will accept the words of the gospel will accept the words of Jesus and will and will begin to change if they needed change to do that. That is what a true believer does. An unbeliever who is the kernels of life, you might say, they hear the words, but they don't hear the message. The words have no effect on their lives. They don't internalize the message. The message does not change them. The message does not convert them. They are not interested in, in what the message has to say. They're interested in having their ears tickled. They're interested in just having nice words and a nice sermon come across their, their hearing every so often. And yet the message does not change them from the inside out. And Jesus was afraid of that, and he knew that many of those folks would be like that. You see, for the unbeliever, their heart has been hardened to the gospel. They don't mind hearing it, but they don't want to digest the message of it. And the unbeliever walks out the back doors of those churches. Nice message, Pastor, but it has no effect on them. That's one of the, um, the issues I guess one has as a pastor is does the message have any effect on the lives of the people that are hearing it? Or do they walk out the back door and go, nice job, Don. And they walk out the door and they forget everything that was ever said. You see, that's a wasted, wasted 30 minutes, if you ask me. The message must change people. Must, get them, must be getting them looking at themselves to see where am I falling short. What kind of heart do I have for the Lord? Well, what is the response? Let's look at the response of this. And that's, that's the big thing. The response of the, of the seed. The seed is the gospel. The sower is either Jesus in this example. It could be God. And, and as true believers, we are to be also sowers of the seed. But that's, that's a different message. How we respond. Let's look at verse uh, 15 and see the response to the gospel. It says, these are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately Satan comes and takes away the word which has been sown in their hearts. This is the person with the hard heart. This is a person whose heart has been unplowed. This is a, the person whose heart has really nothing to do with the Lord. And you say, well, yeah, there's lots of folks out there. Lots of folks out there. I agree with you. But in many churches, and maybe right here, there are people that have that same kind of a heart. Maybe there's those folks that come to church all the time, and, they, and they've heard the gospel, and they believe the gospel, but, but it, the gospel does not change their life. It doesn't make any difference 
to them. Their minds tend to wander off sometimes in a, in a service, and, and, and maybe your, your mind is somewhere else, or, and, and or maybe you choose to look at your phone during the message, or maybe, maybe you doze off sometimes in the message, and the message just doesn't, just doesn't grab a hold of you because your heart has been hardened. Maybe you know there's a God, yes. Maybe you have great respect for his son. Maybe you even love the pastor. Maybe you come all the time. But the message does not affect you. The message does not change you. You do not internalize the message. It has nothing to do with you. I would even suggest maybe in your mind for those who have this kind of a hardened heart that, that boy, that was a good message for them. <laughs> that was a good message for them. And the message is not speaking to you. My prayer is a message every Sunday speaks to you, not to somebody else, but to you. And we get this hardened heart sometimes, and, and we get this hardened heart, and the enemy comes as we preach the message, and the enemy comes and snatches it away from us, and we don't reap the benefits of that. We have heard the words, but we don't hear the message. One of the examples that I came up with, a guy by the name of King Herod in the Bible, he was just like this. The Bible says King Herod loved to listen to John the Baptist's preach. Listen to, love, listen, talking to him. And the Bible said, but it perplexed him, and he didn't quite understand what John was saying. Yeah, he liked to hear the message, but because his heart was so hardened, he didn't really understand it. And, of course, we know what Herod did to John the Baptist. Cut off his head. You see, he... He, he didn't mind hearing the, hearing the words of the message, but he didn't want to hear the message because of power and prestige and whatever, whatever that might be. A hardened heart will not allow a person to do that. But, you know, if, if that is you today, if you really don't have much to do with the gospel, really don't, really don't care about it, and your heart has become hardened to the things of the world, I've got good news for you. Did you know it? God loves you. <laughs> he still loves you. Even if... You have nothing to do with him. God still loves you. And Jesus died for you on that cross, shed his blood in order to give you an opportunity to accept him as Lord and Savior. I'm not sure I would do that, but he did that just for you. And when you want nothing to do with the Lord, when you want to be the kernels of life, you need to understand if that is where you want to be for the rest of your life, you too will be thrown into the trash bin of the fire of brimstone. That's not a pretty thing to say, but that's the truth, and I've got to tell you the truth. Don't be a colonel with a hardened heart. Be a popcorn. That's good stuff. The second soil that we see and the response to it we see is in verse 16 and 17. He says, in a similar way, there are the ones on whom the seed was sown on the rocky places. Who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no firm root in themselves, but only the temporary. Then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. This is a person who has heard the word and they're excited about the word. And they profess a belief in Christ Maybe they have been baptized, but then life happens. And they refuse to count the cost of being a Christian. They refuse to count the commitment and the sacrifice that it's going to need to be a Christian. And, and, and learning about Christ is not all that important to them. 
studying the Bible is not all that important to them. And they have no roots in the system. Remember the rocky that could not send their roots into the hard soil. And when trials come and temptations come and struggles come, they walk away from their faith. They leave their faith because they have no roots in the system of God. They have made a profession of faith, okay? But they do not have possession of faith in Jesus Christ. They can speak a profession, yeah, I believe in you. But in, within their heart, they don't have a possession of Jesus. You see, a born-again believer has possession of Christ in their heart. It's just not a profession. You see, those kind of folks have a religious experience, you might say. But they don't have a relationship experience with Christ in their lives. And the Bible says they produce no fruit. They are the kernel and not the popcorn. There's an example in the Bible that we've talked about before. His name is Demas. Demas was a good buddy of the Apostle Paul. Demas traveled with Paul all over the country spreading the gospel. But all of a sudden we read in his word that Demas left Paul. Left him. Left him high and dry. Because you see, Demas loved the things of this world. Demas loved the, the riches of this temporary world and he gave and he thought those were more important than the eternal glory of heaven that we will receive one of these days. You see, his roots were not deep into the soil of Christ. They were on the surface and when something happened in his life, something bad, something hard happened in his life, the sun scorched his roots, if you would, and he left the faith because he had no roots in it how do I know that he left the faith how do I know that he was he was a kernel and not a popcorn how he was lost now for an eternity first John 2 19 says it this way it says they went out from us but they were not really of us for if they had been of us they would have remained with us but they went out so that it would be shown that they all are not of us. John says in his book that proof that they weren't born again because they did not persevere to the end. They professed that they would, but when life came and squeezed them, they left because they were not of us. They were not part of the believered group. The heart was hardened. Their life was built on rocky soil. But I've got good news for those in this room right now whose heart is like that, whose heart is, has, has heard the gospel but really hasn't put any roots down in, in, in Christ. The good news is God still loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus wants to forgive you. He longs for you to come to him to repent of the things that you've done. He longs for, for you to be right with him. If you are a, a person that has a heart that is very rocky and you don't have any depths, you're not producing any soil, God says, come to me. Come to me and so I can forgive you of your sin. The third response to this kind of soil is in 18 and 19. And he says this, and others 
are the ones of whom seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word and the worries of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it becomes unfaithful. This is the person, this is a Christian, well, that's not the Christian, this is the person who tries to live in both worlds. That, that tries to believe that they've been born again and, and they want to they wanna follow after Christ. But the world has such a huge pull on their lives. Huge pull. And they try to straddle one foot in the world and they try to one, straddle one foot in, in, in Christ and they try to live for Him. But then this becomes such a pull and the, and the worries of this world and the deceitfulness of the riches and, and just the struggles that we have all of a sudden now becomes our number one priority. Christ is no longer our priority, living for Him. But we begin to pursue the things of this old world, and we make Him down further down on the list. He used to be one, and now He's two, He's three, He's four. And yet this world right here keeps pulling us away. And things happen in our lives, and, and, and all of a sudden our, our, our faith begins to be choked out, like the weeds choke out the, the good fruit. And we begin to choke out and we begin to leave this old, leave our, our first love, if you would, because of what the world has done to us. Great examples of Ananias and Sapphira in the Bible. In Acts, the early church, they were, the church members were selling their stuff, what they had, and bringing the money to the church. And they were bringing this money, they were selling land or houses or whatever they had. They might have, might have been having garage sales. Who knows? I don't know. And they were bringing the money to the church to get the church established. And you know the story about Ananias and Sapphira. They sold a, a spot of land that they had, and, and Ananias brought the money to the church and gave it to, gave it to the apostles. And, and, and they, were, they asked him the question, is that what you sold the land for? And he said, yeah, it is, sure it is. Well, you know the story, it wasn't. He had held back some of his money that he had sold for himself. Okay, in order to, for him to be able to pursue the worldly pleasures that he wanted to pursue. And you know what happened to him, don't you? Fell dead right there. Bang. A couple hours later, Sapphira, the wife, comes. Did you sell the land for such and such money? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. Well, no, you didn't. You've lied to me. And you've lied to God. Bang. What happened to him? They fell dead. Now, I'm not telling us that's what we're going to do here. But I'm telling you, when, when you put things in front of God... And, and you think you're okay, but, the, but life begins to choke, choke out your faith. That's the problem. James 1.22 says this, be doers of the world and not hearers only. We're to be doers of the world that he's given to us. And if that's you, if you're allowing the world to, to choke off your faith, to keep you from being who God wants you to be, I got good news for you. God still loves you. And Jesus still died for you. And Jesus still wants to forgive you. He still wants you to come and repent so that he can give to you eternal life. Nothing better than that, is there? The Bible says we will, you will be known by the fruits that you produce. The hardened soil, no fruit. The rocky soil, no fruit. The thorny soil, no fruit. 
But then there's a fourth soil, and that is the good soil. That is the fruitful life. That is the good thing in verse 20. And those are the ones whom seed was sown on the good soil, and they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit, 30, 60, and a hundredfold. These are the people that hear the word, accept it, and live it. These are the people that are truly have been born again. Jesus is their Lord and His Savior. They love the Lord with all their heart and their soul and their mind. They are totally committed to the Lord. They live sacrificial lives. They take up their cross every day and follow Him. They live a life that is worthy of the calling. They are totally committed to the Lord. Things happen in their lives that are not so good. They're still committed to the Lord. They persevere to the end of their life, and they will be rewarded because of it. See, the ones that are, have that good soil heart, they are the true believers. And the Bible says they will produce great fruit 30, 60, 100 times. And you see, I want every person in this room to be part of that good soil because that's the only soil that will get you to heaven, if you will. That's the popcorn of this life is the good soil. The kernels are the other two that one day will be thrown out to be separated with him forever and forever. What is the example of good soil? Paul, Peter, the disciples, many of us in here that live, that live the life of a Christian. They walk worthy of the manner of the calling of Christ on your life. And you're totally in, totally committed. He is Lord and Savior of your life. There is no one bigger, no one greater, no other priority is bigger than Him. That's the good soil. That's what I want every person in this room, but I, I, I don't think every person is like that. So, I ask you to be honest with yourself today. In conclusion, I've got to quit. Are you a person that has a hard heart for the things of God? You need Jesus. Are you a person who thinks they're okay, they've heard enough gospel, but they have no roots, they have no desire to grow, have no desire to, to, to uh, be a part of His kingdom or His word? You need Jesus. If you're a person who's living in the world and you've got both feet, one foot in the world, one, one foot out, and you're trying to satisfy the, the desires of this world, but you know you can't do it all because now you've got to satisfy the desires of this world, of, of the Christian world, and you're failing in both of them. <laughs> you can't do one. I'm here to tell you you need Jesus. My prayer is that you're all a good soil. And I'm asking you, like Jesus, ask them to examine your heart, to know where you're at, to know what, which soil, which response it is for you. Because, you see, Jesus knew his audience. He knew some would have a hardened heart, rocky, thorny, some good, and he knew it. So I'm going to ask you the same thing. I, I would urge you to, to examine your own heart as we conclude our message today. Only one of those soils will ever be in heaven, and that is the one with the good, the good soil, the good response. As we bow our heads and close our eyes, I'm going to ask you to do business with the Lord. If he's telling you you're one of those first soils, if you're not good soil, I can promise you you need Jesus today because you don't have him. Do business with the Lord, please.
if he reveals to you that, that you have a hardened heart, God still loves you. Jesus still wants to forgive you. The things of God mean nothing to you. He still loves you. Jesus wants to forgive you. If the world has choked out what you thought was faith, God still loves you. 